If you don't have an email list, then you don't have a direct line to your customers. Reaching your clients, audience, supporters, and fans with the right message at the right time in the right place becomes easy when you've got a strategic email list in place. My email list is the number one way I drive profits in my business. And major bonus here, it's a lot easier and way more fun than you might think. That's why I'm teaching a free live workshop all about growing your email list called From Zero Subscribers or Zero Strategy to an Engaged Email List That Lasts. I'll show you how to kick off your email list building strategy with no fear because I know it can be scary to start something new in your business. Save your virtual seat at growanemaillist.com. Inside of my free live workshop, you'll learn why email marketing is 10 times more effective than posting on social media, my secret to sending out weekly emails without adding a ton of work to my plate, my best tips for getting people to hit subscribe, and what to actually say to them to convert them from subscribers to paying clients and customers. Save your seat now at growanemaillist.com. That's growanemaillist.com to get started with an email list strategy that drives real results. I'll see you at the masterclass. So again, that art of living, I think, lies in the balance of going, when we're faced with the inevitable, this is the situation. This is what I got to deal with. This is what that room is like in the Maldives. And I didn't get the sunset. I don't have any other options. Now, how do I make the best of that? Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher, and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing, numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven-figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. I've got to be honest, this conversation is a true pinch me moment. Now, I am so honored to host a conversation with a true Hollywood icon who has captivated audiences for decades with his performances on the big screen. From his breakout role in Dazed and Confused to his Oscar-winning turn in Dallas Buyers Club, he has proven time and time again to be one of the most versatile and compelling actors of his generation. Let me tell you, this guy, he is so much more than just a talented performer. He's also a brilliant writer and a philosopher and the seeker of truth and meaning. His recent book, Green Lights, has become a sensation, topping the bestseller lists and inspiring readers all around the world with its honest, humorous, and insightful reflections on life and love and the pursuit of happiness. Now, in Green Lights, he shares his personal journey of self-discovery and transformation from his childhood in Texas to his rise of fame in Hollywood and beyond. But along the way, he offers hard-won wisdom and lessons learned drawn from his own experiences of success and failure and everything in between. And if you're anything like me and you read or listened to his book, you wanted more. You wanted the next steps, the invitation of what's next. You wanted to keep learning from him. Well, now you have a chance. Matthew McConaughey is hosting a free live event called The Art of Living, and a few of my friends are involved. I'm so excited to watch him take all of the lessons that he's learned and all of the insight and wisdom that he's gained and share it in a way that will give anyone who watches tactical takeaways 
and applications that they can apply to their life. I'm so excited to watch The Art of Living. Now, if you want to join me from the comfort of your own home, all you got to do is go to jennalivin.com. That's Jenna, L-I-V-I-N.com, and you can save your seat. Now, through his writing and his acting, he has become this cultural icon, a symbol of resilience and authenticity and creativity in a world that can often feel overwhelming and uncertain. Please join me in welcoming the legendary Matthew McConaughey to the Gold Digger podcast. Let me introduce you to a podcast you're going to love. It's called The Shine Online, and it's hosted by a former Gold Digger guest, Natasha Samuel, and brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Natasha interviews the brightest entrepreneurs to bring you no-fluff advice, honest discussions about the mental health and lifestyle aspect of entrepreneurship, and actionable strategies and success stories of those who have mastered the art of shining online. Natasha just covered this topic I think you'd love to hear about. She talks about when you're ready to hire a social media manager and when you're not, because hiring a social media manager isn't going to fix your social media problem if you're not ready and willing to show up and do the work too. Listen to The Shine Online wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, Matthew, I have to tell you that waking up and seeing your name on my calendar today, it was kind of like one of those like, hey, wait, what moments? And so I have to say welcome to the Gold Digger podcast. Hey, great to be here. And I'm glad that uh, when you saw my name on your calendar, you went, yeah. (laughs) You know, what's crazy is we haven't had a lot of men on my show. This is a predominantly female show, but there was a million reasons why I really wanted to have you on here. One, I watched your book launch unfold with utter respect. You were like blazing a trail that I was like trudging behind as I was getting ready for my book baby to be born into the world. Talk to me a little bit about green lights and kind of the stuff we didn't see in the creation and in the promotion of that book. Yeah. So green lights was me finally getting the courage to go okay, I've got these three treasure chests full of journals I've been keeping since I was 14. And I dare you, McConaughey, to go have a look at them. Yeah. And I'm not a guy who likes to look over my shoulder. I don't really yeah. like looking at the past. And I was putting it off for decades and thinking that, oh, posthumously, maybe Camilla or someone will like pull it out and they'll write yeah. something. And all of a sudden I was like, well, that's kind of chicken, you know what? Yeah. So I said, go do it. Go have a look. And I went away and kind of locked myself up in a little farmhouse out in the West Texas in the desert where I had nothing else but me and my past for the, all those journals with me to entertain me. I didn't have electricity. I didn't have the internet. I didn't have a phone. So when I would get bored and frustrated, well, you got to have a look, spend some more time with yourself and who you've been. Yeah. And that's what I did. And the first two weeks were very hard, embarrassing, sometimes shameful. And then I started to get the giggles at all the stuff that I was like, you can forgive yourself for that stuff, McConaughey. Or, hey, look, you amended that. You updated your iOS between your ears along the way. You don't have that same bad habit anymore. And I started to find consistencies in ways that I had engineered success by how I woke up in the morning, what I ate, what I drank, who I hung out with, where I went. And I noticed that there were certain habits I followed when I was catching green lights in my life, succeeding, getting what I wanted. And then I noticed that in times where I wasn't getting what I wanted, maybe my health wasn't as good and I wasn't getting the things I wanted in life. I noticed a consistency of, oh, you got off track. You quit following these certain habits 
and you got a little loose in the chassis over here and let's renegotiate and re-engineer and get back in line and repaired some of those. I also noticed this where I thought that I probably have engineered through choices 90% of my successes. I'd say 50% of my successes were sort of almost mystical green lights that had rhyme and no reason that I caught the right, you know, I left five minutes late and, oh, I happened to meet the person who would become my wife and start a family that I wouldn't have met if I'd have left maybe on time. So there are some things that only make sense now that at the time they didn't have any reason or sort of science to them. So I love road trips. So we laid in the, the green lights theory, yes. which is green lights. We all love green lights in life when we're catching them. We have yellows and reds too. And the book's a lot about how we can hopefully see and trust that we need those red lights. So we don't want to look for the red and yellow lights. We're not looking for trouble. We're not looking for crisis. We're not looking for hard times, but they're going to come. So when they come, how quickly can we see? Oh, there's a gift in this for me. I'm not going to brush over this crisis. I'm not going to be callous to it, but I know there's a lesson or a gift. And the quicker we realize that or admit that, that is the inherent green light that the red and yellows turn into. I appreciate how you narrated your book. I wish I could have been a fly on the wall in that studio because reading your own book is hard Mm. and the science of it. One thing that I kept finding myself wondering when I was listening to your book, because the audible is out of this world, is did you let anyone else read your book before it was published? Because there are stories about a lot of people in your ecosystem, in your life. Tell me about that. What did you decide? I did. I had some in there that were great stories, but I said, you know what? If I was the subject of that story, I would hope that they would run it by me. And it was not a, you know, as you you, you know, the the book, it's not a tell-all, but there are some wild characters and some things that are, you know, for someone to approve. Yes. One, I had stories with my mom. I thought about that. I thought about that a lot when I listened to it. She did tell me after reading, she was like, look, some of those things, Matthew, I got to say, you went a little bit light. And I was like, oh, really? (laughs) She goes, I do wish you would have told more of the stories that were true about all the hugs and sometimes less of the hits, so to say. And I explained to her, which is not an excuse, but I explained to her about, and she got this. Those are the love stories to me where their relationship was not going well because the love always won. The love won in all of those stories. So what seemed like a tragedy or a horror picture in one of the stories always ends up a comedy or a romance or the love wins. Take the sheer math of my mom and dad being divorced twice, married three times to each other. Right. People are like, oh my God, that has to be such a, I mean, you must have a really skewed idea of love and relationships. I'm like, I don't know. The love won three to two. Yeah. They ended up together. All the stories ended up with the love winning, which I understand your point. And there were a lot more hugs than maybe I put in there, but I hope it came out inherently. There was Don Phillips, my friend that I show up to that I met who gave me my first chance to read for my first film, Days Confused. When I show up at his house in Hollywood at 1030 on a Saturday night and what he's doing there and how he showed up at the door naked, I ran that by him. Yeah. And he laughed. And was like, ah, it is true. It is a great story. Yeah, you can keep that in there. I was like, you know, Um, so everyone seemed game. 
And I ran a few things by my brother, Pat, because yeah. Pat's very, very, very private. Yep. Very private. And I ran a few things by him and told him the stories. He didn't read it, but I read some of the stories to him and told him where he was a subject. He was like, he laughed. He was like, yeah, that's true, little brother. Yeah. yeah. I love that. You know, one of my friends who's an author, Bob Goff, he's an incredible author, but he had once passed along this advice about book writing. And his advice was like, don't let anyone read it ahead of time because it's just like a group photo where people only zoom in to see what they look like in the group photo, right? Like they don't care what everyone else looks like. They just want to zoom on in. As I was listening to your book, I was like, Man, like, I mean, this was deep stories and real relationships and like very complex situations. And so I was so curious, like, all right, what did Matthew do? Like, did he just run with it? And I love knowing that behind the scenes. I did pick out some spots and you'll know this is right. There were some spots where my editors helped me to go, all right, risk reward. Yeah, 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 yeah. Risk reward. This little detail, does it make the story better? Yep. Because they go, there is a risk that somebody zeroes in on that line. Yep. For instance, I intentionally, you know, when I talk about being blackmailed into having sex for the first time at 15, I didn't go deeper into that story because I knew if I did, that would be the headline. That would yes. be the old print. Matthew McConaughey. I'm like, oh, that's not what the book's about. Yep. So there are spots where I was like, no, no, no. I'm not going to tell that story because that will be zoomed in on yeah. and be in bold print. Yeah. Let's talk more about this idea of green lights, because beyond just being in your book, I think that this is a time where a lot of people are kind of searching, right? Like they're trying to figure out like, what is the new normal? Are we going back? Do I want to go back? What does forward look like? Talk to me about what green lights would look like in our lives today and kind of how they play that role as we start to continue to navigate into what's next. And I think let's all at first admit that the last three or four years have been a universal disruption. It disrupted all of our lives. COVID did in some way, no matter where you are, how much you want to quarantine or how much you believed or whatever, it disrupted all of our lives. So let's admit that. Yep. And there's something that is relaxing about that because we know that we can't just zoom in on us in the group photo. The yes. group photo was the world went through. Yeah. Okay. So after that, let's look at this. It seems like we're coming out of it. It seems like a bit of that haze and fuzz is like, we're now navigating forward. We had three and a half years of limbo. You couldn't make a plan five days ahead and trust it. So you didn't trust your future. You didn't trust other people. You didn't believe in other people. You weren't sure who was lying, who was telling you the truth. Is the government, the institutions? I don't know who to believe that things got politicized. We started combating, told we're this different. We start to lose trust in others and respect for others. We start to lose trust and respect for ourselves. So now yeah. we got a chance we're coming out. Yeah. Some of that haze is moving. We can see further. We can make plans further. We can trust in a solid step that we're going to first take to head on our way and go, I've got a plan. I got a bit of a roadmap now. I can see a few miles down the road further than I could in the last few years. That's why right now is very exciting. So what are we in this renegotiation of how we move forward? I think it definitely implies not saying forget everything from the past. It's a new day, but it's not a, a new book. Life hasn't changed that much. Can we pick out what we learned maybe about ourselves and family and intimacy, awkwardly or not, in the last four years when we were forced into it? Going forward, we have to look at what's been tried, true, and tested in the past, what values have worked, and acknowledge those. 
and yep. say, no, those need to go with us into the future, no matter where we go, because true progress is not saying no to the past and yes to everything in the future. Yep. We got to take the stuff that's worked. We have to ask that collectively, but also individually and go, well, who was I before the big disruption came and what was I able to maintain and what do I need to keep regenerate and restore to take forward with us now? At the same time, we do have to admit it is a time to adapt to some new ways. We thought, what, a year ago that it was a work from home world from now on. That's proven not to be the case. We're still negotiating that as employees with our businesses. Relationships were tested in a new way in the last four years. Family, relationships with ourselves is what was mostly tested. So it's take from the past that we can trust in. Don't discard it. We got to take those time and tr those true and tested things with us in the future and also look, be open. We got to have a beginner's mind in a way that maybe we didn't have before mm -hmm. because there are new things. It, the history did shift. It had a bigger shift. I think we can trust that it did have a bigger shift. It was at least a comma in the history of time. Yes. <laughs> you yes. know what I mean? Yes. And there's a pause there. There's something to go. Let's get introspective for a second and negotiate where we're going to go maybe how we get there is a little bit different than it was before and be okay with those changes. That's the hardest part. We don't want to change something. Mm -hmm. We want to be like, Oh, we just want it back. Just how it was. Yeah. Or we just want to go, Oh, forget how it was. It's all a brand new day and it's all fresh, brand new. Well, no, neither one of those are absolutely true. Those are two extremes. Yep. So that art of living is taken from your past, what you can trust in, in the future, because you're going to need it. And also saying, I got to admit that this is a newer day than it was maybe four years ago. New day. There's a, a new highway in front of us and a way of negotiating how we get to where we want to go. It kind of reminds me of what you shared about going to that cabin in the woods and having to face the journals. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's like metaphorically anyone listening. It's like we've got to just take a quick inventory of our lives Yes. And really look, because there were so many lessons that so many of us learned through the uncertainty, right? Yeah. It's like we rip uncertainty away. You're really left holding on to the things that you know are tried and true, right? Like it's all stripped away. So it's almost like we metaphorically need to like take our journals, go okay. into the woods and really take a good hard look. And one thing that I love about you and the way that you share and teach and show up is that you're saying like, don't scrap it all. Like you don't have to start from scratch. In fact, I would say that your power, like your secret sauce is that you tell people leverage these things. Like if we look at everything you've been through, your experiences, your story, your parents, your siblings, like everything you've been through, if you scratched all that, you wouldn't be you and you definitely wouldn't be where you are. Let's talk a little bit about that for somebody who's listening, who maybe finds himself in a place where they're like, I'm in the darkness. I can't see the light. It feels like a cave, not a tunnel. What does this mean? Where do I go from here? Yeah. You know that we do like to scrap the hard time. We love that idea, right? Fresh feels Weird good. I was talking to someone yesterday who was like, you know, I've had this friend for 18 years and we started to try to be more than friends and it didn't work out. And it's like, now they're mad at me and I don't like them. We're not friends anymore. And they're out of my life. You're like, whoa, you don't put white out of the whole 18 years. You, yeah. you built something there that deserves some credence yeah. and some credit. I mean, the baseline, admitting that things like COVID are not unbelievable. Admitting that being uncertain is not unfair. Admitting that 
not being clear about what we value and what we want more of is part of this road trip we're all on. And I say that first because I do think we often skip admitting that. I know it sounds Mm -hmm. boring, but we got to admit that, yep, damn it. Because I know I do it. When things are going really well in my life, when I'm catching nothing but green light, I start to think, oh, so that's the mean. That's how it's just supposed to be. Yep. BS. That's not true. So when the yellow and the reds come, when the yellow light comes in our life, we have to take pause and it's telling us, oh, caution, slow down here. And we have to do that inventory, look over our shoulders, see why we're stepping in the same pile of SHIT that we step in every time around the bend. And for the first time, the yellow light's telling us, I'm going to slow down and have a look. So the next time around the bend, I don't step in that same pile. Yeah. We don't like that because it pauses us. And we're all told that the race that we're supposed to be in is only quantifiable. It's about quantity, more, fastest, get there. But we need to remember it's about quality. If the quantity of what we chase does not give more quality to our lives, then we're using the wrong calculator. So when we're sitting there going, where do I go? I think we first have to say, one, admit the lies we tell, the lies we believe for convenience, the BS we've been letting ride for ourselves to get by. Just admit it. I'm not judging you. Don't judge yourself. We all do it. And then go, okay, what do I value? What do I really care about? Not what the world's telling me, because the world's telling us more quantity. It's a vertical ladder. More vertically, you win. That's not necessarily true. There's a whole, I got this theory of 360 lanes, the other 359. We're all told to get on that one vertical lane. And that lane is packed. The horns are honking and everyone's trying to take on that one vertical lane of more being quantity. You got another 359 lanes here that have more quality out. Can you scale out? Can your roots go deeper uh, in the relationships that you already have? Can you make investments in things that you built already and say, I'm going to double down on this instead of looking for something new or getting on the freeway that's packed for everyone's wanting to go vertically high to more quantity? Hi, can I invest in the quality of my life? And we got to remind ourselves that the world tells us that's a quantity, that's a higher number. But what's quality for us? We all have a different scale. Our value scales are in different, different lanes. Yes, we all got to make a living. Yes, we all want to do more than just pay the rent if we can. It's great to chase a career. If you want to be the richest person in the world, that's a great ambition. Hopefully not at the exclusion of quality in your life and quality relationships and quality ways of doing business, maybe, and ways of treating others and treating yourself. So sit down with yourself and say, what do I want more of? What am I actually looking for? What actually fulfills me? It's hard to do because, again, we're bombarded by the TV, internet, the world telling us, well, here's what you want more of. Yes. Retail therapy. You need more of this. And you're like, yeah, that's what I need, right? Yep. <laughs> it doesn't matter how mature or wise you are, we all can succumb to it. It sounds good. It looks good. Yes. Give me another one. Why? I haven't finished this one. I don't know because I can. Yeah. Give it to me. We got to just check ourselves and ask ourselves, what do we want more of and what do we value? So admit the BS, the lies that we we tell and being told first. Admit that life's not fair. (laughs) Admit that we need the yellow and the red lights. Then ask what we value and what we want more of personally. And then That along with process of elimination, what that does is it starts to eliminate the things we don't really want, the things that don't pay us back. Yep. I talk about this in the book. I think it's much easier to eliminate who we're not than it is to find who we are. 
Yes. Yeah. You say, who are you? Jeez, I mean, that's a big question. But you say, who are you not? I can list a lot of things. Go, well, I'm not this. I'm not. That's great. Start there. Start eliminating the people, places, things, pursuits that don't pay you back. And that'll, by sheer mathematics, lay in front of you more of what will. And those are the green lights we're talking about. I love this analogy. I'm imagining us on a road trip. You'd probably come to Minnesota because you love it here. 35, head north. That's right. We drive along the North Shore. And one of the things I'm thinking about is that I feel like so many people, you know, just like you were saying, we get so caught up with other people's directions that we don't get to where we wanted to go, right? If you're in Texas, I'm in Minnesota, and I type in that I'm going to find you in New York, I'm not going to end up at the right destination. And I feel like there is a crisis Mm. of people who are arriving at places they thought they once wanted or Mm. pinpoints on the map that looked good, but didn't feel good. And I think that what you're saying is so powerful because for so much of our lives, we focused on what sounds good, what looks good, what's impressive, what will people think? And we haven't been honest with ourselves that when we hit those milestones or we reach those goals or we start the business or we hit six figures or whatever that is, we don't pause long enough when it doesn't feel right to check in. We don't take the yellow light and pause. And so instead, what we end up doing is just saying, surely it was the goal's fault. It's not a me problem. Maybe I just needed more. Maybe I just needed to run harder or do more or earn more or hustle more. Talk to me a little bit about the process of slowing down, because I think for a lot of people, their autopilot is speeding up and resting or pausing or reflecting is scary. Let's talk about that a little bit. Well, it's scary. The world, especially the Western world, tells us it's a waste of time. I was talking with a friend yesterday about it. He walked into his manager's office and his manager was on his lunch break, his feet up on the desk reading a book. And the reaction was, what are you doing? You should be doing some work. And I was like, well, was it the fact that he was reading a book or that he had his feet up on the desk and looked yeah. comfortable? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe that was it. But that was a pretty good inventory of thing to be doing on your lunch break. Right. Reading a book. Maybe he was going to find something in that book that was going to enlighten him to be a better manager that day, the next week. So our Western way is we need more than 24 hours in a day. Come on, I can get 28. And I don't know, the, the, the math is they're just not giving more. It's 24. So we can play with daylight saving time all we want. <laughs> We got 24 hours today. Yeah. All right. So we got a lot of things that we want to maintain and keep in the black, so to speak. For me, it's career, it's family, it's health, it's relation with God and husbandry and fatherhood are in, in the family part. I'm constantly trying to check in on those. We're like, I cannot keep them all running at peak condition. Oh, friendship is the fifth one. You know, my career's going really well. I have to check in. I'm in the debit section on my friends. Sometimes when my career's going really well and I'm working and I'm back to back to back, line them up, I got to check in on my health. Sometimes when we're dealing with the kids and being a great dad, I go into the debit section and being a better husband. Yeah. So I'm trying to keep those. I can't keep them all running peak condition, but I'm trying to keep any of them getting too far in the red and maintain them. So I'm constantly trying to check in on those things. So whatever those four or five values of anyone out there, I think they're good name yours. I can check in on them. Maintain them, tend those gardens a little bit. You know, (laughs) introspection, it just cuts out all the, we have so much frequency coming at us all the time, more now than ever, which we can all admit. Social media, we're being for the first time in history told 
who we are by a bunch of strangers. You see it every day. Kids, thumb, enough thumbs up, they're going to have a great day. They're going to be highly confident. Enough thumbs down on the same subject, the same picture. They're going to, shoulders going to hunch, head's going to be down. They're not going to have a good day. So it's just so easy to get puppeteered by the world out there. I'm going to say retail therapy. Everything's new and improved. Come on. You need more of these. You got one, two'd be better. You got 100 feet, 120 feet be better. It's racing after those things. So it's easy to get caught on that, that hamster wheel and just roll and tell me, hey, when I'm done, let me know how I scored. Yes. But along the way, yes. it's, I, I say this, it's my buddy of mine, we talk about milk drinkers and beer drinkers. If I think we're a bit, we, we're a bit drunk on the more, more, more chasing. Yeah. Go, 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 go. And I'm not saying quit having a drink on the way of being drunk on that. I'm just saying, pause a minute, maybe have a glass of milk, a glass of water, because you'll then be able to party longer and better with more people. Yeah. And so we just get blind to it. And how do you find that space? I've taken 21 day backpacking trips on my own. That's not a reasonable thing to say. Here's what everyone needs to do. It's not <laughs> yeah. reasonable. I got to have trouble doing it anymore. I've got children. But how we start our day, how we end our day, how do we have a little check in with ourselves or our spouse or our loved ones through the day, even if it's just five minutes? Mm-hmm. Even if it's just a friend turned me on to this two years ago and it's been invaluable to write my friends and just say, hey, just checking in on them. How you doing? Yes. And not want anything. Yes. Yes. Because they're only, I only, I found, oh, I only call on them, even if I hadn't talked to them in a year, because I want something. Yep. Just check in. It's okay to do that with ourselves too. Yeah. Just checking in with you, buddy. I don't want anything from it. We don't have to go prove anything right now. Yeah. Look, I try to sneak in a nap where I can. I'm not very good at it. <laughs> but boy, do I find the value in it if I can just mm-hmm. get 15 minutes of shut eye in the middle of the day that the work I do in the afternoon is actually better, more quality. So, yeah, where do you find that place? It's hard to find a place where you can be in a spot where the truth can land on you. But we have to work at it. We, yeah. and, and more now than ever to just go, okay, everything stacked up vertically on my shoulders. I'm feeling stress. I'm feeling pressure. I feel overwhelmed. I can't, when's Friday going to get here? Yep. When we get real context and take a breath and let it settle in, those, all those things that are stacked vertically, which are inherently weight on our shoulders, they lay down. And they're lateral. And all of a sudden we're like, oh, I just got to do one thing at a time. Skip to that lily pad, then that one, then that one. And slowly just mark things off. And then there's no, not near as much pressure as I thought there was going to be. Oh, look at things like maybe they're an experiment. Yes. Instead of, I got to yes. get the result. Yes. I got to get the result. This is all result. Yep. And we get there. And we talk about when you get there and you go, oh, it's not what I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. That's the result for a second. Yep. Let's go back to the experiment, the process of living and going. That's when I talk about the difference between joy and happiness. We yep. put up happiness as a result. If yeah. I get this, then I will be happy. And yep. it's never what we think. Or we get there and we think it's a ta-da moment. And it's not a ta-da moment. It may be cool, but we immediately upgrade our ambition to uh, another happiness that's on yep. another mountain, maybe a little bit higher. So can we say, I want to have joy in the process of doing what I'm fashioned to do. I want to enjoy this experience of going after, yes, this headline I'm chasing, this goal I'm chasing. But also, I think, believing and understanding that. And when I get there, it's, it's not going to be exactly what I thought it was. Yes. Yes. It's, it's not going to be that. 
And I found that when we do something for the experience and the joy of it, with a direction, with a direction, a North Star, that we actually get more results. And if we don't get a result, we can at least go, I had a pretty good time along the way. Yeah. And that's worth something. Yes. AI is such a hot topic right now, but how can you really use it in your business in a way that moves the needle? What if AI could take over tedious tasks like pulling reports, rewriting blog posts, and trying to personalize countless prospecting emails? Well, introducing HubSpot's newest AI tools, Content Assistant and ChatSpot. Content Assistant uses the power of OpenAI's GPT-3 model to help you create content outlines, outreach emails, and even web page copy in just seconds. And in case that wasn't enough, they created ChatSpot, a conversational growth assistant that connects to your HubSpot CRM for unbeatable support. With chat-based commands, you can manage contacts, run reports, and even ask for status updates. The easy-to-use CRM just got even easier. Head to HubSpot.com slash artificial dash intelligence to get early access today. When it comes to content creation, you either do it because you love it or because you know it's a powerful business tool. Now, either way, it takes a ton of work. Whether you're building your website from scratch or struggling to manage payments, you need Kajabi. Kajabi is the ultimate one-stop shop that's been my go-to for almost a decade. Yes, nearly a decade. It's designed to help creators and entrepreneurs build thriving online businesses with steady recurring income. Whether it's blogging, coaching, or podcasting, Kajabi Kajabi makes it simple to transform your passion into profitable online courses, exclusive membership sites, and so much more. Over the years, Kajabi has been my rock from hosting my signature courses like the Pinterest lab to handling transactions without taking a single penny of my money. That's right. You get to keep 100% of what you earn. With Kajabi, you get powerful analytics, simple payment options, effective email marketing tools, and beautiful website templates that you can customize. And here's a little secret. You don't need a massive following to earn a great income. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi who are making six and seven figures with less than 50,000 followers, and you can be one of them. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business if you go to kajabi.com slash goal. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash goal. Join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion today at kajabi.com slash goal. Yeah. You know, I think that we live in a society where if you think about it, like let's say we planned a trip for our families and we were like, hey, we're going to go to the Maldives and it's going to be amazing. And you're going to sit by a pool and there's going to be a cabana and all the food and everything you want. But a lot of times we forget you're going to have to get in a cab really early in the morning. You're going to have to slough it to the airport. You're going to have to go through TSA. You're going to have to do all these things. And I think that our world is really good at selling destinations, right? but we're really bad at selling the process. And so when people get into the process of getting to the Maldives and you're changing time zones and there's all these parts of it that do not look like the beach or the cabana, we get frustrated and we forget that you know, in a world that is so filled with highlight reels, we feel like we are the only people with bloopers anymore, right? Right, right, right. And so it's like, what I love about what you teach and even just how you talk about it is it's like, no, there is this process, but like, if you can find joy in the process, 
even if the destination doesn't have the same view as it showed you online, you're still going to use that little there. 15 millimeter lens in the bottom yes. corner and it look awesome. And you get there yes. and you're like, this is a closet. Right. So it's like, you know, it's just like one of those things where I've just been thinking so much about like, I feel like we as a society paint the destination and we need to like unfold the process more. That's part of let's admit the lies. Yeah. Yeah. Let's admit that we're being, the stuff we're being sold has been Photoshopped. Yeah, absolutely. Let's admit that that water wasn't as blue when I got there. Of course it's not. They yes. did. They put the Mediterranean blue color in there in post-production. Yes. Let's yeah. admit that. Oh, in the picture, there was, it was a sunset view. <laughs> I can't yeah. see the sunset. Yep. And then one, we can then be maybe wiser to what our expectations are, appropriate expectations. But if we do get down the line and we get to that place in the Maldives and it's not what we turn it to be, and there's no, and it's inevitable. This is where we're staying, gang. Yep. How quickly do we go? <laughs> those son of a bitches they yep. got this is gonna be great though how quickly yes. can we do that once we once yes. we another option this is what we're doing yeah yeah um, i love that yeah i have a theory and i'm writing about it for the my next book about our uh obsession even unbeknownst to us with extra credit and that's part of that it's that that when things are sold to be shinier there's an argument with instagram that wow it, it's kind of Unfair because everyone looks too happy yeah. all the time yeah. or the perfect filter is there. And I'm over here going guilty, but uh, it, it's true. We're told to believe. And, and look, it's an, I get it. An entrepreneur spirit. If you're not impressed with life, create your own impressions. We want yeah. that. spirit, But we also have to go. If I'm not getting off to reality. Yeah. Then yeah. I need to baseline a little bit because again, they're only given 24 hours and this is the earth we're living on. So again, that art of living, I think, lies in the balance of going when we're faced with the inevitable. This is the situation. This is what I got to deal with. This is what that room is like in the Maldives. And I didn't get the sunset, yep. but I'm not going. I don't have any other options. Now, how do I make the best of that? Yes. That's not fool's errand. That's just realist errand, I believe. But then also on the other side, go. And if you leave there and you go, that didn't go as well as I wanted it to. That didn't go how I hoped it would go. Well, now do the inventory. Well, how do I next time as an entrepreneur spirit create a better reality? How do I project forward and see, I want that sunset view. Now, does that just have to do with that tree that they let grow? Or does that mean I want to find another place and I want to talk to someone there and go, is this really the view? Because I really want the sunset view. Maybe I'll do a little more checking in before the next time. And of course, we'll show up and there'll be other things that didn't work out. But it's a constant process, I think, of being okay with our reality when we're faced with the inevitable and this is what it is and dealing with that. Yeah. And then also have an entrepreneur spirit to go, no, I want, I want to create a better reality. I believe that it can be better. My destination can be better. I think you just brought up something that I constantly think about and something that I love to have your insight on is I can feel it in you. It's something palpable that I think you can feel when you experience people that have it, that like grounded peace, right? Like you have peace, like you enjoy your life. And I used to confuse this idea of being content with being complacent, right? Mm. The moment that I am happy and satisfied and at peace in my life is the moment that I no longer want more. 
And I feel like that is a struggle for entrepreneurs because a lot of times we're achievers, right? We want the extra credit. We want the more. We're chasing after it. We're watching everyone else's opportunities unfold. And I've really discovered, especially in my journey as a mom, that like being at peace and content is the goal. I mean, you win when you feel those things. And it's been this interesting thing. And I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but as a mom and an entrepreneur, there are days when I just want to shut this whole thing down, live in the woods in Minnesota, have some chickens and collect eggs. And then there are days where I want to put the pedal onto the floor and see how far we can take this thing. Have you ever experienced that, that difference between contentness, complacency, all of those things? Hell yes. Many, many, many times. Yeah. I mean, I, I go b- between all the time. Camille and I joke about it, but they're like, we'll be fine in, it, yeah. in the field. We just totally be, be fine. Yeah. And I become a very much an essentialist on that. Yeah. At the same time, I'm like, we don't have to. This convenient, that electricity, that plug that really worked. And then yeah. I said, like, oh, this is really nice. That fridge, that's I, great. I, that, that leftover that held the Tupperware for a couple extra days. I like that. That's part of that. And I'm not going to call it a tightrope. I'm calling it more of a seesaw. To try yeah. To I do have an entrepreneur's mind. I'm, I, I do like to explore. I do like yep. to see what's over the hill. I learned some things to where I've come back to my own life and upgraded and gone, you know what? The way they do that, I think that would make our life happier and healthier. But I also have most of the time have gone over and seen, oh, they may do it differently. And you know what? I actually prefer how we do it. Come on or in the family, yeah. or how I go about work. I have people that tell me, tell me you prepare too much. Why are you, why are you doing so much work on that? You just, what just do it? And I'm like, no, because then I know. But if I do, this is what's worked for me to get here. I, it's again, one of those time, true and tested things in the past. I'm not willing yeah. to say, well, the new thing is I'm an expert if I say I am. Yes. We pay that. You can succeed by just saying, why? Because I said I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the world pays that, that. <laughs> Symbol or that attitude. I don't want to go there. I'm preparing as much as I can for something as it led to a lot of my, is it part of the engineering of things that give me happiness and success in my life? I have battles with significance. I feel too addicted to achievement sometimes. Yeah. I check with myself like, why were you so, you know, those days you're like, I just want to pedal the metal. When I'm confident, I'm like, bring it all on. Do I overlap myself? Do you, how about this? When you're talking to your assistant and you want to schedule stuff in those times, you're like, yes, 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 yes. And then who did this to me? You're like, why did I do this to myself? You know, I'm in one of those times where I want to go with the chickens in the woods. Yes. Yes. I leverage myself. Even worse for women who are on a 28 day cycle. Let me tell you, there are times where you're like, let's go, baby. And there are times where you're like, what version was that? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love achievement and I am ambitious. I want to be relevant. Yeah. I do have to check with myself and go, relevant for what? Mm -hmm. And to who? Yeah. Achieve what and why? Does that achievement pay back and double down and scale my own integrity or is it a siphoning of my celebrity? Oh, that's a good question. Let me think. Uh, Why am I doing that? Well, there's a lot of money, but I don't really believe in the product. Okay. Straight business? Maybe it's a great business choice, but are you going to kind of regret that one? Or is that on your resume going to kind of look at kids are going to be like, why'd you do that? Now, not trying to be puritanical. I like my Saturday nights. 
you know, uh, and, and it's fine to be loose. It, it, it didn't siphon my integrity. It's just, it was something I wanted to do. And maybe it was slightly irresponsible, but it's okay. I'm not judging that, but I have to check yeah. in on those things. And I'm trying to sync them up, trying to sync things up that what I do for my more is also more quality for me and my family and kids. And there are things that I may be able to hand down to my children to mm-hmm. go, Hey, you want to keep this going? I started that me and me and mom started this, or you're going to keep growing this for us. This can go on for generations. But I do, like I said, a lot of this stuff that I'm talking about, even in green lights in the book and what we're talking about now, I'm not making straight A's in this stuff. Yeah. I'm trying to still enjoy working it out in conversations like this. I'm trying to make social contracts. You and I are making one now where somewhere if we cross later and we're in a spot, we'll go, Hey, remember that thing we talked about? Yep. So, if we can make the right social contracts with the right kind of people that can come and go, Hey, kind of out of line there. You're not practicing what you preach. Ah, oh, thank you. Or go, I know it. I'm having a tough time right now. Yeah. You know? So I wish I didn't feel I have the bouts of insignificance that I have. I wish when I have them, I have to remind myself, you're not respecting your past enough. I, this mm. is a point I have when I talk to people who have midlife crises. Yeah. And I understand them. I could arguably be going through one myself right now. And I say, great. But what I think a lot of them, unfortunately, are about for people is they're not giving enough credit to what they built and done in the past. Yes. Yeah. Again, do it. Move on. Not looking over my shoulder. No, we built things. Give yourself credit for what you've built. Have more gratitude for that. You have more gratitude for that. It will have more meaning to you. It would be more valuable to you. You would be more generous. I believe gratitude actually breeds generosity. Yeah. But we have to be connected to our lineage of our past, of how we got here and respect that and give ourselves not necessarily a pat on the back, but a solid look in the eye and going, okay, you built some things that are worth preserving and taking care of. Good job. Yeah. A lot of crises has come from not respecting anything in our past. Yeah. Yeah. Gold diggers, we all know the B2B landscape can be a bit complex. From lengthy buying cycles to complicated decision-making processes, reaching your target audience can be tough. But I found a solution tailored just for you. LinkedIn ads. A whopping 79% of B2B content marketers say LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. That's because with LinkedIn ads, you're not just casting a wide net and hoping for the best. You're strategically building relationships and driving real results. We're talking about a platform with over a billion members, including 180 million senior level executives and 10 million C-level executives. You are networking with the actual decision makers. And LinkedIn's targeting and measurement tools are specifically designed for B2B marketers, meaning you're not wasting time or money on irrelevant leads. In fact, in the tech industry, LinkedIn ads have been shown to generate two to five times higher return on ad spend compared to other social media platforms. Using LinkedIn ads allows you to stay ahead of the curve when it comes to industry trends and developments, whether it's finding the perfect partner for a collaboration or uncovering new opportunities for growth, LinkedIn can be your secret weapon. Make B2B marketing everything it can be and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash goal to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash goal. Terms and conditions apply. 
Hey, gold diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and always there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. On top of my many titles as mom, entrepreneur, and creative, I've also added host. Drew and I host on Airbnb on our favorite island in Hawaii. We started hosting as a way to make some extra income, and we've had such an easy breezy experience. Now we host year after year, and it's been a fantastic side hustle. Not to brag, but we've also been crowned Airbnb Superhost several times, so we are really killing the game. It's about having spaces we can enjoy as a family while creating memorable experiences for our guests, and it helps that we earn a little extra cash on the side. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You know, one thing that I admire about you. And a question that I have for you is you did a million podcast interviews for your book. You hustled harder than I think any author I've ever watched. What is something that you wish people would ask you? Because I feel like it's so easy to Mm. get asked the same questions. Is there something that you just wish like, well, no one's ever asked me about this thing. And I believe it. Well, something that I think that I do love to talk about and, and, and I love to learn about, and I have learned and still learn about it, is the privilege of the responsibility of being a parent. Mm, yes. And that our greatest investment. Yeah. Exports, if you want to call them, are children. And if we really want to change the world or the future or that projection, what do you really want to be an entrepreneur? Do your best to raise your kids the best you can. That's real entrepreneurship right there. Mm-hmm. And, and enough of us parents do that. And as you know and I know, oh, I'm not making straight A's in that either. We just had a tough morning right now that had made no sense. And things got off the track. And we'll be back on the track this afternoon. And that just happens. But it takes a lot of effort being a parent, it's a hell of a lot harder saying no and following through on no than just saying, yeah. Yeah. But I believe it's valuable. Yeah. And it's it's some of the most, the most valuable, I would say probably the most valuable investment we can make. And I just want to, I don't know, it's not old fashioned. If it is, so what? 
the privilege and the pinnacle that, that and response, awesome responsibility that being a parent is, man, if we could just shine a light on that and understand, man, now that, and I know it's not an immediate payment. Yeah. It doesn't immediately fill your bank account, but if you can, if we can pull it off, it pays more than the bank account down the line. It's also selfishly how we become immortal. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And that's filling bank account, souls account, all account. That's talk about spreading your lineage. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the best representation of yourself is your, the child you help put out into the world, you know? Yeah. And there's no science to it, and, and it's, no one can do it perfectly. But I think we could all just remind ourselves, hey, if I put a little more effort into that, I cannot go wrong. That's one of the non-negotiables. You can't go wrong if you're trying to be a more present parent or trying to be a better parent. It's never wasted time. Mm-hmm. There's a quote that says like, no external success is worth failure in the home. Mm. And I feel like that's such a powerful quote because especially for people that have achievements or accolades or people watching them, I always come back to that because I just feel like, sure, I can be an influencer of millions on the internet, but if I can influence these two little ones at my feet, that's the secret. Awesome. It's yeah. like, it goes on forever and then they learn. Yeah. And maybe one day they have kids. And it started before you were here, started before I was here. It started with ours from however good or bad it was, what we could learn. There was something. And yeah, it just, we talk about the old term, pay it forward. That's the ultimate pay it forward. Yeah. And then also, you know, we touched on it earlier about before we start judging, which right now we just judge everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and we don't even know what we stand for. We just know I stand for the opposite of what you stand for. If you're on the other side, yeah. that's the default reaction that we're being sold. We're being told. I get it. It helps us have identity. It gives us a secure place in our echo chamber, but that's not the way forward. We got to admit that we like drinking the Kool-Aid, but let's admit it's Kool-Aid. I'm not saying quit drinking. I'm saying just admit it's Kool-Aid. Let's start admitting the lies that we believe. Yeah. That we're told. Let's admit the lies that we tell ourselves, convenience sake. Let's admit the lies that been kind of paying us back for a while. I want to see how long this will do it. This is, this is going to hold a hang in there. <laughs> you know, let's, I'm not saying judge it. That's what yeah. Then go ahead and laugh at yourself. But just the act, if we would just all admit it. Yeah. I always say this. I think sometimes we give our species too much credit. I think we think sometimes we're more evolved than we actually are. Right. You know, yeah. and again, that's that entrepreneur spirit. Yeah. Oh, our transcendent self, the ultimate utopian society. I'm all for it, but we're a long way from that. And I don't think we're ever getting there. But if we can keep pursuing and our generation can get a little closer, that's a win. So if we can just admit our shortcomings, admit our humanities and go, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of completely full of BS on that one. And that's OK. Yes. And okay, that's all I'm asking. Just admit, no judge. Don't judge it. Don't judge yourself and don't judge me for it. I won't judge you for it. But let's just admit it on the table. Yes. That's the first step to now going, okay, now we've all had a laugh (laughs) and admitted our lies and called out all these ones and boy, okay. Now we can start to have a conversation with ourselves. Now we can start to negotiate where we're going to go forward. But again, when we don't admit those things, we're again living on that extra credit as if it's a reality. We're, we're living on the fact that that Maldives hideaway 
does have that perfect sunset and the waters are that blue and the rooms are that big. When we know they're not because we went there. Yep. But we're yep. still living there. So we get there and we come back and we're like, I'm upset with reality. Well, you know, it was a lie. It was, a, it was photoshopped. Yeah. So have the dream, but we can deal better. And the beginning of dealing, I believe, starts with, let's just admit where we lie, the lies we believe. So tell me this. So we've talked about this idea of living, right? You have an amazing free event, The Art mm -hmm. of Living. Talk to me about what that is and what someone can experience if they join. Yeah. So that's myself, Tony Robbins, Dean Graziosi, Trent Shelton, and Marie Forleo on the 24th, 9 a.m., Art of Living event. We're going to get under the hood of some of the stuff we've been talking about. The Green Lights approach, you know, Green Lights was an approach to life book. Tony and Dean came to me and said, are you interested in making this more of a process book? Like, let's give some tangible tools for people to transform themselves. So here's how you can have your hand on the wheel in the lane of your story and the road trip that you're on in life. And you do have your hands on the wheel and the ability to steer where you're going more than you maybe give yourself credit for. Yeah. We're going to talk about how to make it more personal for you, for anyone to apply it in your life. Tangible, as I said, tools to the process, yeah. measurable tools. I think it's why it's called the art of living. I believe that there's a science to satisfaction that can lead to the art of living. You got to have the knowledge before the wisdom. Yeah. You got to learn, she's a sports metaphor. You learn the plays before you're right. It's, it, it's an intellectual process first before it becomes an instinct. Yeah. So it's taking it from a, a learning and it will take some practice. It will take some inventory, take some introspection on everyone's part. As you know, and everyone out there listening knows what better entity to invest in than, your, than yourself. We're all yeah. looking for more joy. We're all looking for to be more of ourselves, to have some more clarity, even have clarity in what we don't know. Mm -hmm. You know, I always say like, well, I really want to know. Well, let's, let's also, part of knowing is going, I know what I don't know. Yeah. And going again, that's okay too. It's kind of like admitting the lies. That's what we're going to get under the hood of for four or five hours and do our best to make it applicable yeah, and understandable to, to in these times where now, as we said earlier, we can make some plans and trust in plans a little further down the road. We can project a little further than we have been able to for the last four years. Yeah. Well, let's take advantage of that projection and see how we can get there and also see how to get back in our lane when we're off stuck in that one lane gravel road with all the potholes going, can you get me off of this? I just want some flat cement. Uh. You know? I love that. I am super excited about your event and I just love watching you step into the space because I feel like you have truly honored what has gotten you to where you are and you have done the work of the introspection and the pause to really kind of unpack and figure out what are those principles that are universal that people can take and how do we just keep on learning? I love that about you. You're like, I do not have all the answers. I am learning just like you. And I appreciate that in a world of experts, like you said. So I think that it's going to be a really powerful event for people to show up and attend. Yeah, that's our goal. I'm glad they came to me with the idea. It is fun to now lean into the, hey, 
how do we make this practical? How is it a tool that yeah. you can use, that yeah. she can use, that he can use, that I can use? And again, as I said, I'm using them too, and I'm learning here along the way. And that's part of the process that we're talking about. I don't think we ever, we're never going to get to the ta-da moment. No. You never get to the, oh, ta-da, I got it figured out. <laughs> and it'd be boring if you did. So it would. let's stay on the road. Yeah, I love that. Thank you so much for your time and your energy today. Thank you for writing your book. It is truly a legacy play in your life. I think it's a beautiful look at who you are and who you will become. And I'm just so excited for people to learn more about you at your event. Thank you for spending the time with me today. It was a great way for me to start my day. And I look forward to the next time. I don't know about you, but I could listen to him speak all day. In fact, I am saving a spot on my calendar so that I can do just that. His Art of Living event, it's live, it's virtual. You can join it in your sweatpants. But I'm so excited to see someone who tells, teach. I can't wait to watch him translate and transfer all of the knowledge and information and insights in a way that other people can take and apply. I hope you join me at the event. Again, you can join at jennalivin.com. That's Jenna, L-I-V-I-N.com. Join me for the Art of Living event with Matthew McConaughey and friends. And thank you so much for tuning in to this special episode of the Gold Digger Podcast. Until next time, keep on digging your biggest goals. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger Podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com. Hey, Gold Diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer care team is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and always there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home, and thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more.